It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. We have first base, second base, and third base That's covered it. today. That's because we have a baseball guest. Yes. Well, if you <laughs> put me in the middle and expect me to get both, we better yeah, switch. Right. All right, we'll switch. Right. I'm fine with that. <laughs> By the way, can I say this real quick? Well, we know it's Chris Valake is going to be on and, uh, and Howard Eskin's going to be yes, on. Yes, we're looking forward I, to that. I, I've got to bring this up again. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. i got to say it again. i got to talk to all the people of Cleveland, okay? If you're in the left freaking lane on the highway, <laughs> you have to drive a minimum of 10 miles an hour above the speed limit. Wow. Minimum. Stop this nonsense. Get the F out of the left lane if you're going to drive like an old grandma. Enough. I co-sign. Thank I think you. you should have a second career as a driver's ed instructor. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> That'd be a good TV show right let's, there. Let's indoctrinate them early. <laughs> Driving by bull. I know Jason agrees. Oh, that's... He may not admit it, but he, he does, I very he much does like 100 miles an hour. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I should be the driver's ed instructor. You know what's worse? I've, I've, people have sent me, because they know it's one of my pet peeves, people have sent me threads on social yeah. media platforms of people actually owning this. Yeah, I drive the speed limit in the left lane, and I do it on purpose to make sure everyone else drives the uh, speed limit. Go F yourself. Okay. Yeah, I those have no use for those people. Those people are the worst. People are, are, are going to legislate what everybody else does. Have you seen the bumper sticker that people put on their driver's side window that say, if you can read this, you're an <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. I have not seen that. <laughs> I'm going to need to get that. I need one of those Yes. because I co-sign. I pass uh, in the right lane all the time. I well, do, too. Oh, I did, too. It, did it this morning. <laughs> I did it this morning. Some idiot too. was driving a speed lane. I'm like, okay. I, and what I do is I look at him when, when, when I go yeah. by, and I'm like, like, come on. What I do this. Doing? I'm like, come on. And then and what's funny to me is yeah. then I'll cut right back in front of them, and then I'll look back 30 seconds later, and they're still – they don't get it. No. Yeah. They're, they're still driving obliviously the speed limit. I know. Do you know what drives me crazy about that? When you do try to pass somebody – and they're going, let's say we're at a 70. And right? they speed up. And they're going 60. Yeah. Obnoxiously slow. And you go over to start passing them, and then all of a sudden, they're going 78. Yeah, now you 80, get it. Yeah. And now they're, that's, that's and right. they're just, they just know Nuts. you're trying to pass them, so they're going to be as obnoxious as possible. And you end up going like 105 to get in front of them. Yes, yes, And then yes, you look exactly. back two seconds later, and they're back to going 50, and they're literally out of your rear view mirror. All right. That's yeah. what pisses me off. All right, real quick, since we're talking about yes, driving. Yes, do it. Yeah. I have to admit Get it all this. off our chest. I have to admit this. <laughs> So sometimes for Cavs games, I'll go for pregame and then not stay for the game. I just don't go talk to people, whatever, and leave. Right. So one day I was doing that, and I was trying to get out of the garage, the parking garage between oh. the well, the Rocket Mortgage and Progressive yeah. Field. Sure. And of course, like I'm a fish swimming upstream. Everybody's yeah, yeah, coming, right, right, coming right, in. Yeah. But there's enough lanes there that normally they keep one lane out. If someone's having an emergency or something, you got to sure. be able to get yeah. out. Well, on this particular night, they had like five wide across all coming in <laughs> and I'm trying to get out and, and they're trying to like, they see me coming. Yeah. So they're trying to like funnel these cars in, yeah. but it took me probably 15 minutes to get out. Yeah. And at first I'm like, all right, no big deal. But then the longer I'm sitting there, like I'm getting annoyed. Get more oh, yeah. and I'm getting sure. really annoyed. Yeah. And so I like, I get up finally up toward East ninth and the one guy, like the, the parking guy who was bringing everyone in, I'm like, what's going on? He said, they're screwing up like the parking people out. He yeah. blamed the, the parking, the traffic cops, right? So now I get, I'm finally all the way up, and now the smoke's rolling. And I roll down the window, and I yell out, you got to leave us a lane. Like, you got to leave us a way out. You're yelling at the cops? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true they do for emergencies. But, and, but and, I don't know that yelling at the cops but, is a great but, idea. Yeah. But she, was a, she wasn't a real cop. She was a traffic uh, cop. Or maybe she was. I don't know. Uh, yeah. and, but they're busy. Like, so, so she ignored me. Yeah. Do not ignore me <laughs> when I'm yelling at you. So then I'm like, hey, hey, you got to leave us a way out. And she like pulls down. It was cold. She pulls yeah. down her like little bandana. She goes, "That's not my problem, honey." And I said, "Well, you're the one holding that effing stick." And I go peeling out of there. Would oh you my know? God. Would you know? Yeah. 
I got a mailbag question. Why were you screaming at people in traffic? <laughs> what? They saw Someone me doing it. you. Wait, I was wait, like, oh, wait, wait, man. From who? Who did you get on this the from? A- on the athletic. I like. I did a mailbag. Yeah. And oh. I said, Leave your mailbag questions <laughs> That's here. That's fantastic. And somebody said, why were you screaming? Why were you so mad and yeah. screaming? And I was like, oh, man. And by the way, one thing that else reminded me of a, a slightly <laughs> side note of that, but this woman pulling her mask off. I am definitely not an anti-masker. I, you know, right. I'm, I'm, I wear masks all the time. Yeah. Why do people wear I, masks when they're in the car by themselves? Listen, it's I've one of the that. unknown questions of the universe. I what? saw it yesterday. I don't understand. Yesterday, I'm like, you realize the only air you're breathing right now is yours. I know. And the, even if when I see, I saw some guy, he had the mask on his chin, like he, so he could pull it off, pull it back, like. I find the mask annoying. I again, not an anti-masker. You want to wear, wear one? Go ahead, knock yourself if out. If I gotta, and I'll wear it when I go to the hospital. Of course, I wear it. Doctor's office, whatever. I was, but I'm not wearing it in the car. I'm sort of not holding it under my chin. There is That's one annoying. person at least watching right now that yeah. does that. Yeah. Let us know. We, you obviously know something we don't. Why are you wearing a mask when you're alone in a car? <laughs> Mike Nuggets, you, you have a transition here. Yeah, this actually is the perfect transition <laughs> to what I have to get. We got a surprise for you guys this oh morning. Boy. Oh, no. We just saw Bull get angry. We just saw Jason get angry. <laughs> and guess what? Now we have angry emojis and we have angry and happy <laughs> stick figures of every UCSS panelist and host. <laughs> On the left I love hand this. is angry and Jason, Bull, Jay on the right is happy. Oh, I got to switch. Bull, Jason, and Jay. Wait, we have what's on the right? For, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's whatever, whatever you want. But we have angry and happy stick figures for everyone. We got some rules with these. We're going to use these throughout the show yeah. and for the rest of UCSS. Okay. Do not break them. They are no. foam, and we are not ordering more because they were expensive. <laughs> so do not break them. You can't break the budget. I love Rule heads on sticks. One. I always have. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to find a way. We got They came in this morning, so next it. week we'll find an incorporated segment to use yeah. for these. But throughout the show, guys, if you ever want to, you know, you like a point, throw uh, the happy face up. Like disagree. Very good. Instead of cutting each other off, we could throw up the Just angry face. The, uh, I like it. Happy uh, or angry so face. we're going to use those through. Those are the same exact emojis that our members get. And for a buck ninety-nine, you can get all those emojis plus some more. As part of our starters tier perk package, you get those royalty badges, members only posts on the community page. If you're a coaches tier member for just $4.99 a month, it's less than 5 bucks a month, less than 60 bucks a year. You get the overtime videos, all the same starter tier perks, including those custom emojis, discount codes on merch. Plus, you get to text us. We'll answer your questions. I answered about five last night on the UCSS chat line. You can find that number on the coaches only community tab on our YouTube page, but we're going to use these uh, sticker emoji heads, yeah. fat heads, cutouts, whatever you want to call them throughout the show. And we're going to awesome. have our own segment for these next week. I just got to figure out how to maybe happy face, sad face. We're going to crowdsource All right. name. By the way, speaking of coaches, Mikey McNuggets came down to be my assistant. Coach. How did that go? I mean, is the, Bro, are the I'll kids? Let you, I'll let you start. You can evaluate my. No, you go. You, you give me your analysis. Did you wear the shirt? Coach Nugs did not. I, I just wore a normal shirt. I, I didn't want to impressed the kids too much early on and to be honest they weren't impressed by me at all they weren't uh I, two kids told me they could shoot better than me <laughs> and then i saw them shoot and you know what they sure as hell can't but i give them kudos for having confidence hey you know bull did a great job i want to give bull credit they listen to bull they did not listen to me so they already respectable more and two in layup lines bull had them box out bull oh really? i will tell you that is the most physical they'll have to get rebounding because Trying to move ball on the block is not easy. Well, no, yeah. of course not. And if these kids who are doing a great job boxing out ball could box out ball, they could box out anyone that yeah. league. So I'm expecting, like I put in the group chat last night, at least 13 points. We're, we need a well, big first Well, the team high victory. is 14, right? 14 so high. Oh, so we're going to break that. At I'm, least I'm expecting, I'm, I want yeah. 18. That little kid, Kai, the little point guard, he's yeah, he, was the, he had eight of the 14 points for us. So he's right. a shooter then, right? He is, but he needs, he's, he's so little. Set picks. Muggsy, uh, and he doesn't pass the. He's got to pass the ball a little more. Name. I got to work on our guards passing the ball. Now, are, are we, nobody passes the everybody, ball. Everybody, when you coach the league teams, yeah. everybody has a nickname. Have we assigned each kid a nickname I, yet? No, I haven't. You haven't. No. It's, well, let's go right, with Muggsy for the little guy. We could call him Muggsy. I don't think he'll get that reference. Probably. No, he won't. But you will. I will. <laughs> and his parents will. It's perhaps. all about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's all about what we know. <laughs> yeah, no. We're there for our enjoyment. <laughs> yes. So Mikey did a good job. He the, he did have the ball stolen once, right? Who stole the ball from you, Mike? Well, it was Michael? eight on one. Well, and not eight. It was only seven kids. What was? The, what do you think the biggest takeaway was? What skill set did the kid are the kids better at now? 
than before last night? It's a good question. That is a good question. What are they better at now before last night? Uh, Ignoring their coaches. You know what? I taught them how to do a jump stop yesterday. I don't okay. think any of them have ever done a jump stop. Oh, uh, really? I, can I say names, Bull? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Michael had a little booty shake. He wouldn't jump stop without doing a booty shake. He tried right. to twerk, and I was like, you can't do that in a game. He's like, no, it'll work. I promise. I'm like, no, man. Twerk in the middle he's of the game. He's a confident jump kid. Stop's not going to work. Yeah, very confident. Clearly, he told me he could, if he's out there He's the one who told me he could shoot better than me and then went like one of nine on his next ten shots. But it's okay. Well, it's I okay. love this because now we have a storyline to follow throughout the season. No Browns yeah. action. No. We can do game breakdowns. I want video. <laughs> I want the whole thing. I, maybe, I maybe Brad can break down a play. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that would be hysterical. Well, we got, before we put in plays, because I, I brought a whole play sheet to implement. Yeah. We got to get to learn how to inbound the ball. Yeah, we're still now, working we're still on the base. Yeah, that's what Bull said. Before we set up like a press break. Yeah. Which they can't press, but they should still know how to press break. I had, in. We got to get them to know that when another team makes a shot, you have to go out of bounds to pass it inbounds. Yeah. Oh, so just, they're just taking the ball and going. Right, right. So we got <laughs> fundamentals. At one to point, be towards the end, first. I was I, I did four on four, and one of the eight kids was missing. So Mike ran point for one of the teams. Right. But I had to tell Mike not to get the rebounds. Let the other yeah. kids try to get the rebounds. <laughs> right. Only time him. in his life, by the way, he's had a rebound. Exactly. Advantage. But I wanted him to play point guard to get some of the bigger kids involved because it's hard to get these. The, the guys who dribble to pass the ball. They, right. You know, I got to really harp on them. But at one point, we split up. He was with the guards. I took the big kids to work on A lot of youth leagues have must-pass rules. Do you guys have? You we have don't. To pass three, you we don't. don't. But so we should. really harp it on it. We yeah, should. you should. It's the rule of three passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been to games, My team is games on the floor. where there's not a, a, a three-pass limit. Yeah. Uh, or minimum, <laughs> and it's it, it. What it consists of is the best kid on the ball, right. dribbling through they're, everybody, they're pulling up and shooting, yeah. Yeah. Right, and the right, other right. kids yeah. are just watching. Yeah. You know, and then they so, get the rebound and they throw it right back up. That's yeah, exactly, exactly right. We'll get there. Okay, we'll um, get there. A lot going on. Yeah, no this preview. was the surprise that you had talked. That was us a about, surprise, right? and our next surprise is uh, Chris Velaka is with us. Five He's with us early. Yeah, let's, well, let's let's bring him in, Coach. Hey, how's it going, guys? Chris, how are you? Coach, great to see you. Um, I have th- This is going to be a hard-hitting question. Th- we're going to have fun, okay? We'll it's definitely have fun. It's weird to say coach. I know he's a coach on the Guardians, but, like, baseball you say manager, but he's not the manager. But, yeah. like, it's weird to say coach for it baseball. Is. Yeah, I know. It's it just is. a weird – What do the guys you know, call you? Do they call you coach or do they call you Chris? No, Val. Val. Okay, so we're going to refer to you yeah. from here on out as Val. I can't believe you. You, I, I feel like you just played last year. I know you. I, <laughs> I, I, you've been out of the league for ten years almost, right? It happens fast, for yeah. sure. Wow. <laughs> yeah, life comes at you fast. Yeah. Coach, um, we're, we are going to have some fun. We got a lot of uh, yeah. Val, sorry. Val, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of fun questions for you. But one thing that I, as I look at the roster and the way this team is built, and perhaps some of the bigger challenges that they'll have uh, this coming season that didn't exist last year is the sophomore slump. You guys had an unprecedented amount of success with young kids coming up, but now they all have books. Uh, Not that they didn't throughout the course of the season, but now we've had an off season to look at everybody. And the sophomore slump, as you know, is very real. And you've got a lot of guys that could fall in that bucket. What are you doing to make sure that they don't step back from the success they had in their rookie seasons? Yeah, man, that's that's the the million dollar question. That's that's the stuff that's been keeping me up at night through the off season. <laughs> um, bad. You know, I think I think the biggest thing though is is trying to remove the pressure from those guys. You know, like having Quan coming off like rookie of the year caliber season, Jimenez all star, Silver Slugger. Um, you know, just trying to take the pressure off those guys that they don't have to feel like they need to repeat that success. They just need to be the best version of themselves. You know, so trying to keep the messaging around that, um, you know, I thought something that we did a really good job of last year was, you know, the power of the high five playing for the team, team baseball, you know, 29 other teams talk about, uh, you know, hitting with runners in scoring position, you know, getting guys in from third base, having a two strike approach. And and our guys really bought into that and, and made that kind of our identity. So I think, you know, keeping the emphasis on, you know, our foundational pieces and what we believe in, but you know, letting those guys continue to grow as big leaders. Chris, the one I wanted to ask you about, we just saw on the screen, Oscar Gonzalez. He's a guy left unprotected for the Rule 5 draft. Luckily, there was no Rule 5 draft, so he's able to stay with the organization. The book on him was ton of power, a lot of holes in the swing. That isn't the guy that we saw last year. He hit 300, close to 300. Was there adjustments to his swing, or are the holes still there? You know, like, how is it that 
he came up one way and was completely different when he got to the majors. There was power there, but I think there wasn't as much power, certainly as what I was expecting, but there was a lot more contact than I thought he would have. I, I think he, he kind of just fell into the approach and the identity of the team. You know, I think there was so much contact around him that, you know, that, that kind of came part of his identity. Um, I don't think the power, you know, left by any means. I think, you know, on the flip side of what we, we mentioned earlier about, you know, there being a book on guys, I think he's going to continue to grow into that. And you'll see more power this year, you know, in the future as he, as he gets more comfortable and he starts having a book on other pitchers and, you know, understanding what they're trying to do to him, um, you know, like you saw through the minor leagues with, with the power numbers. So, you know, I think power comes through experience and growth and, you know, he's just you to grow into that. You know, we, we always talk about the veteran players being mentors to the young players, but when we talk about the new rules, right? No shift. They banned the shift. We got the pitch clock coming in. We had Will Brennan on last week and he made the point of, hey, most of us have played with these rules in the minors because your team, I mean, you don't have a lot of older players. Like on this team, Jose Ramirez is old, which he's not, but for this team he is. So is that a scenario where the younger players can kind of help the, the few veterans on the team because they're used to these things? Yeah, I think I think we're, you know, in a good spot with that, with with how youthful our roster is. A lot of these guys have come up with these rules already. So, you know, it's nothing new. Granted, you know, they've had a year in the big leagues, um, you know, to get away from that. But, you know, I think in spring training, it's it's going to be conversations and we're going to we're going to lean on those young guys a lot, you know, on how to approach that, you know, with the the new pitch clock and getting in the box and not being able to call time and, you know, all the all the different things that, you know, we're going to have to grow into. But. I think we're, we're positioned with our roster, you know, to, to be successful in those areas. Obviously, Val, you guys, I mean, we talked about it already. You don't rely on power as a team. You rely on your ability to put the ball in play, to get on base, to spray the ball around. I'm wondering, like, my first thought was these new rules will help you guys more than other teams because you're not hitting home run. You're not a home run hitting team. But then I'm thinking, well, you guys, you have a lot of players that kind of spray the ball to all fields anyway, so maybe it's I don't, it's not as big a deal. How do you look at this rule, whether it helps or hurts the team? I don't think it changes our identity. You know, we talk about you got to use the whole field to earn the whole field. So, you know, I think we had, you know, guys throughout our lineup, Jose, Naylor, you know, that, that might have been shifted. And I think it, it opens up a lot of hits. It's going to open up a lot of damage for those guys. So. I think, you know, we got a lot of upside coming uh, as far as that goes. But, you know, our guys our guys know how to use the whole field. And, you know, with, with without banning the shift, I don't think it really changes, you know, how we're going to approach things or, you know, go about our business. We're just going to continue to embrace, you know, the personnel that we have. Val, the one thing we also talked to Will about last week is the fact that this season in all AAA parks, they'll be using the mechanical strike zone. And if you just follow the bouncing ball here, typically when they are instituting these things in the minor leagues, that means they're not far away from the big leagues. And I don't know if it will be the 2024 season, the 20, when it's coming, but it feels like it is. What are your thoughts on the automatic strike zone, the mechanical strike zone, and what does that do to the game long term? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. You know, I... I like the human element of having the umpires and, you know, the, the gamesmanship between, you know, how you communicate with them, how, you know, how they can patrol the game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not as familiar with it. I've, I've, I haven't been around that when they instituted it in the fall league and, you know, through, through some of the minor leagues now coming up. Um, you know, I think there's probably some kinks and I know they're working through that, you know, like breaking balls, clipping the front of the zone and falling under the zone and, you know, how they can perfect that. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see how that works in AAA, especially with high-level baseball like that. You know, I know we're talking about pace of play. Hopefully that, you know, helps some of it. But, you know, I, I need to do more research to, to have a better answer for you guys. We actually talked to Tito about that last year, and he said they tried it during the COVID restart spring training, and it was terrible. He said balls in the dirt were being called strikes. Oh, yeah. God. And they have a long way to go on the te technology before they can really institute it in the majors. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, how, how the strike zones established is, you know, breaching that plane in the front of the plate. So, you know, if those breaking balls clip the bottom of the zone in front of the plate and bounce, you know, that that's getting called a strike. So I think there's some kinks that they need to work out, you know, as far as that stuff goes, but 
you know, if that's the direction they're going, then so be it. But, you know, I, I definitely appreciate the umpires. And, and I think that, you know, is the way the game has been for hundreds of years that, you know, we got to keep some tradition in place as well. Val, I want to talk about one of the new guys here, Josh Bell. Uh, I think Josh Bell's been a good major league player for a long time. Not a long time, you know, a, a decent number of years. I've always felt, as someone who's not part of the game, but a big, huge baseball fan and an outside observer, I've always felt there was another level, at least to his offensive game. Uh, do you see that too? I mean, is there another step that he can take offensively? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, you know, I I think, you know, adding a bat like that, having the profile that we've seen out of him, um, you know, obviously very contact oriented. He's got a knack for getting on base. Um, but I do think, you know, there, there is some upside in power, um, you know, as he's transitions, you know, he's been in the, the central and the national league and then moving to the West with, with the Padres, um, and I guess, I guess on the East too, with the nationals. So yeah. he's kind of bounced around, but hasn't spent time in this division. So, you know, I think there's probably, you know, um, there's going to be a learning curve for him with the, the new pitchers, but also, you know, the pitchers trying to adjust to him. So. I, I do think, you know, having that presence in the lineup is going to help us. I think it's going to break up some of the contact as well that, you know, every inning we're going to have somebody that's a threat, you know, be Naylor, Jose, Josh, you know, guy, guys coming through the lineup that every inning, you know, there's going to be somebody that can hurt you. So, you know, I'm real excited to see how Tito puts together his lineup and, you know, the the, the production we can get out of Josh. The other new guy, of course, Mike Zanino, is a guy who, especially for a catcher, has big-time power. He's never going to hit for an average. He's not that kind of hitter. But, uh, you know, he missed a lot of time last year due to injury. How is he? You know, I know it's still very early, but how is he health-wise? And what are your expectations for him? I, I saw him last week. He he looks great. Uh, I was really, really excited to, to see the progress coming back. Um, you know, having that time off and, you know, finally being healthy away from that injury. Um you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Like, you know, just like the other guys I mentioned, you know, adding some slug to the lineup like that, I think is only going to help us with, you know, the profile that we have with all the contact. And, you know, if we can put traffic on the bases for those guys, you know, I think good things are going to happen for us this year. Val, who's best positioned to make the biggest jump from last year to this, this next, this upcoming season? Ooh, good question. Um, you know, I think all of our guys had had a lot of success. You know, I think different, you know, maybe statistical categories we're going to see, you know, a lot of guys make jump. I, I do believe our power numbers are going to go up this year um, across the board, you know. So, you know, talking about Oscar Gonzalez, I, I do see him having some some big, big numbers, having a big year out of that. So I'm probably looking at him maybe to have the most um, upside coming up, you know, coming off the year, hitting 300, doing what he did in the postseason. But you know, I think we're really going to see a jump in those, those those slug numbers for him. Is that the biggest point of emphasis this offseason is getting to more power? Um, you know, I, I think it's something that it it's the, the nature of the beast, you know, like that that's the industry that, you know, power plays. Um, I think we did it, you know, a little bit more unconventional last year with the, the contact first pro, profile. But, you know, that was really just embracing the identity of the team and the personnel that we had. Um so, you know, I, I think it helps us. I think, you know, we saw, you know, when we go into the postseason or you play some of these these big teams like the Yankees that, you know, can have that three-run home run and bail you out uh, or, or put a game away, you know, I think we're, we're, we're starting to compete with those lineups now, you know, having that power potential that, you know, we can put a game away with one swing, we can get ourselves back into a game with one swing. You know, um, as many young players as you had on the big league roster that had success – this organization still got a ton of guys in the minors who are really good. One of those guys, Bo Naylor, who obviously came up at the end of last year, Josh's brother, didn't play a lot. 
But now with both Hedges and uh, I forgot your backup catcher. Mailey. Yeah, Mailey. Both, both gone. Mailey couldn't think of a bad job out of me. Naylor obviously has a chance to be the number two catcher, you know, competing for that role. Uh, do you, it, from an offensive standpoint, do you think he's ready for the big leagues? Yeah, you know, I, I, I know when he came up last year, you know, lack of playing time is tough, you know, sporadic at bats, trying to put it, put things together. Um, but I, I do, you know, I, he, he has the pedigree. He's, he's got the profile. He's shown it all through the minor leagues. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing with Bo is just going to be getting consistent reps. So, you know, it's tough being a young player going from playing every day, knowing you're going to be in the lineup, getting four or five ABs every night to playing two, three days a week, you know, pinch hit, finishing a game, whatever it may be. Um, just more on the mentality side of trying to separate, you know, success and not chasing numbers when, you know, your playing time is is sporadic. So I, I do see him making an impact for us. You know, I, I think this spring is going to be pretty important for him, how he comes in. And, you know, I think the opportunity that is there for him, it, it, it's his to take. Val, last year it was that conveyor belt of young guys coming up that the diehard fans knew were in the pipeline, but a lot of the Guardians fans were surprised at the number of guys that were coming up and not just making their abuse, but having success. Can you give us a name of someone that the average Guardians fan doesn't know today, but will know well next season? I think Will Brennan and Tyler Freeman are going to be impactful guys for us Them throughout the year. Um, you know, Will, Will did a great job, you know, to finish the season and then into the playoffs. But I do, I do feel those guys are going to make, you know, big impacts for our roster, you know, as, as we go forward, you know, giving guys days off, you know, bridging gaps for guys. But I think there's a lot of upside in both of those guys and, you know, where they find their at-bats, I, I, I think, you know, they're, they're really going to help us out, you know, not just in the short term, but, you know, for years to come. Uh, we, we talked recently about the fact that it seems like superstar players rarely become managers and coaches, let alone have success. It's usually guys that were more grinders, you know, good players, middle-of-the-road players, whatever. You know, you, th- you look at the managers in baseball. I can't think of one manager in baseball that was a superstar. Right, I mean, who? I don't think there's any. Well, right Dusty now. Baker was pretty Dusty good. Baker, Dusty Baker. Yeah. Dusty, yeah, yeah, Dusty. So, but Dusty's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's true. Dusty was an excellent player. Yeah. But for the most part, most of the managers, some of them didn't play at all or played in the minors. But do you think there's something to it? Or is it just, especially nowadays, the superstars make so much money, they don't want to bother coaching and managing? No, I, you know, I, I think there's something to, you know, you see a lot of utility players you see a lot of those guys like you mentioned you know become coaches become managers i i think there's something too you 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 look at the game through a different lens you know you're always that grinder you're trying to find different ways to you know find an edge against uh you know your opponent so i think you know your mindset is there you know maybe going through your playing career and then you take that into into coaching um but you know i i don't know if that's you know the way it's always been but you know it just seems like that's the way it is right now our, our producer McNuggets has something for you. Mike, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, Val, I was doing a lot of research yesterday to get ready for this interview, oh and I came across this <laughs> stat that on August 24th, 2010, excuse me, you got your first major league hit on your first pitch you saw. Did you know going into that at bat you were swinging first pitch guaranteed? Like, did it matter what was thrown? And do you remember who it was off? <laughs> it was off of uh, Santiago Casilla. Correct. In San Francisco, I, I do remember um, you probably could have shot a ball out of a cannon that night and I was going to be ready to hit, you know, having, having had, you know, thousands of at bats going through the minor leagues. I remember being on deck, you know, trying to act cool and I couldn't get my knees to stop shaking. So I didn't go up there with the, the, the thought of swinging at the first pitch. I just didn't want to come back to the dugout with my bat. So I was ready to go, whatever that was going to be. It's funny that you say you were nervous because Will Brennan, when he was on with us, admitted to us, which we thought was cool, because some guys wouldn't admit this, that he was nervous. Like, he was able to keep it cool, and we didn't know it outwardly, but he admitted in the playoffs that internally he was nervous. And that's that's yeah. normal, right? I mean, there's nothing weird with that. It is, I mean, they're human. You know, these guys, they, they get paid, you know, to, to do this game. They're the, they're the 1%, but, you know, they're human. They, they have emotions just like everybody else. And, you know, you play on those stages, and, 
you know, especially for our guys with, with how young our roster is, you know, going into Yankee stadium, it's, it's stuff that you, you watch on TV and now you get to stand, you know, put your spikes in the dirt there. So, you know, as, as nerve wracking as that can be, I think there's a lot of excitement that surrounds it. Coach Val, you just mentioned, uh, dealing with some of these young guys. We had Will on last week and Will used a couple words that I know the guys on the panel don't understand because they're over 40. When you talk to some of these guys who just come up and with this roster whose average age is 23 and a half, do you need a translator sometimes to understand? I mean, he used he's selling. not that old. Well, no, I, he's, but he's a little older than me and I struggle yeah. to understand some of the words Will Benson's. He called it a selly, which I knew was a celebration. If you guys couldn't put two, and two it. together, that was a celebration. Yeah. But what's it like dealing with some of these super young guys coming up, Chris, who... You know, use a little different lingo than you and I. We're the same age bracket, so I feel like we could communicate on that level. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely times where I'm like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about or what, <laughs> what certain things are. Uh, but you know, you you get around them, you know, enough. You you start you start piecing piecing together the language. But yeah, there's definitely times where I'm I'm like I I'm not out of it that long, and I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. So. <laughs> Big big fan fest this weekend. What what should the fans who come down expect, Chris? Man, I'm I'm excited. This will be my first one. I know you know the pandemic kind of you know put a put put the brakes on it for a little bit, but you know I think there's going to be there, there'll be some panels. I know there's going to be some coaching clinics. There's going to be autographs. I, I think it's going to be a great time. You know I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know so hopefully we get a good turnout out there. And you know I think we're all excited to see the fans and get out there. You know right before the primer, before spring training, and then, you know, getting out to see you guys for opening day back in Cleveland. Yeah, they're chopping. Fans are chopping at the bit. I've talked to a lot of them that are going. They're very excited, especially because it's been wiped out the last couple of years. It'll Uh, be fun if the players ran around dumping champagne over the heads of the fans. That would be kind (laughs) of cool. The the celly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. We'll call it the Guards Fest celly. And for five bucks, you get to go into a little booth and have a player dump a (laughs) bottle of champagne over Got to get the goggles, though. The player. And they'll take your picture. Back in the day, the guys didn't wear goggles. The guys now are soft. They're wearing the goggles. I see that. Back in the day, nobody wore goggles. What's happening? Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Val, Appreciate excellent it, job. We're, uh, we're, we're behind you a million percent. I can't, can't wait, wait to see what you guys put together yeah, this yeah. year. It's going to be fun to watch. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It. Well done. Great guy. I can't Had wait for baseball season. Incredible success yeah. Um, yeah. with the team. Usually the only thing, hear from about hitting coaches when, it, when it's not going when well. When they're getting fired. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but we definitely have to, uh, have to sing his praises yeah. because, my goodness, he had – I know it's funny. You saw the team batting average 257. I think it ranked seventh. That just goes to show you game how now. the yeah, game yep. has right, right, changed. Right. 257, 20 years ago, got you fired. Yeah. But you now know, you're doing a great job at 257. They, were, they, they had the fewest strikeouts right. in, in baseball. Now, yeah, yeah they did and have they the second fewest home runs. But they were a game from making it to the league championship yeah. series. So no yeah. one can tell me that you can't win that one. I don't believe I just I don't buy it. I'm really curious to see the rules change and if – this launch angle power obsession remains, or if we go back to the way baseball was. I think initially, yeah, I really don't know the answer. I do think initially it's going to really benefit the Guardians. Uh, I agree with that because now you can't, especially a guy like Jose Ramirez. Yeah. If you can't, because what's he going to hit? I mean, he's already a great player. Well, for and great pull hitters, there's going to be uh, yeah. there's going to be a hole now yeah, that they yeah. can find. That's right. And the question is, will they be able to do it? All right, All right. let's let's move to the Browns. Yesterday, we had the news conference. We're going to talk a little bit later about the news conference. I thought, we all thought Jim Schwartz won the news conference. Oh, boy. But they all do in Cleveland. They come (laughs) in, they say the right things. and we start lose a press conference. You know, ordering uh, Super Bowl sweatshirts. I've seen it happen. (laughs) But uh, here's a guy that I'm really excited to have him on. A, he's one of the hardest working guys in the business. B, he's one of the best dressed guys in the business. I don't think I've ever seen him without a suit and tie on. That's why I can't wait to see if Howard Eskin is wearing a suit and tie. I hope he's not because it's not. All right, good. That's okay. You fit in better here without a suit and tie. But I've never seen you you without one. uh, Well, game, and I change up the colors each week. I match my my headphones with my tie and with my Vans and tie it in with the suit. So uh, (laughs) that's a a surprise for Sunday. And, uh, but... It's rare that I don't wear a suit, but it's raining here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And that's a little bit of an issue. And I've just uh, stepped out of practice because the Eagles are getting ready uh, today for their uh, game on Saturday in which they will beat the Giants. Uh, So 
Uh, so I'm getting ready for all that. Did I hear a yeah? Did I hear just a yeah? I, I yeah. I <laughs> How about a hell yeah? I agree with you. Can I get a hell I, yeah? I, I don't know. My my concern, my only concern with Philly is is Jalen Hurts healthy. Yeah, that's true. I Where mean, is as long, he? As long as he's healthy, I don't see any reason why the Giants would win the game. Okay, I'm going to steal a word from a quarterback that looked like he was done this year. R E L A X. Fine. Full practice. Uh, he's going to be fine. He'll probably have 90, at least 90% of the plays in the arsenal that the coaches will give him. So it'll be okay. Just relax. Everybody's got to, he's going to be fine. It's Philly. Uh, you know they all have PT, uh, PS, PTSD. All of them there, just like Browns fans. Even yeah, but though they've won a well, Super Bowl recently. They well, shouldn't feel that way. Speaking of that, you did it with a defensive coordinator that is now ours. Give us the lowdown. Give us the 411. We know a little bit about Jim. He started his career here as an unpaid intern under Bill Belichick. He's obviously had a long and successful journey in the uh, in the NFL. What are we getting? Who are we getting? You're getting a bright uh, defensive mind. And I didn't see the news conference, but just from what you said, uh, he usually has a lot of anecdotes. He throws in a few stories. Oh, yeah. He did. Uh, he's uh, he's that kind of guy, and he's fun to listen to at news conferences. Now he better be fun on the football field, uh, because I'm rooting for Kevin Stefanski. I really like Kevin. I've known Kevin since high school, believe it or not. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, well, because his dad was the general manager at one time of the 76ers. Yep. So I met him. Actually, I saw his dad play basketball at Penn. That kind of dates me a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> but Ke- I root for Ke- yeah, just a little bit, uh, just a tiny bit. It, it just means I have more knowledge. Uh, you know, I can give you my baseball knowledge. They're kind of screwing the game up. I heard you guys talking. But yeah. we'll stay on Jim Short. They really are screwing the game up. Uh, you know, it, good for 100 years, and now they got to play with it. But I think Jim Schwartz will do a good job. I'm still not excited about what happened there, as a lot of people, I'm sure, in Cleveland are. And, you know, Kevin Stemanski knows, and I saw him at the owners' meetings, you, you just you got to have a quarterback. So they take the chance on Watson, which I'm, I wasn't a big fan of, and the owner kind of screwed it up for everybody else with guaranteeing all his money. But if they have good – Defense will put the quarterback in short fields, which is what San Francisco has done for Purdy. Uh, they're like fourth or fifth in the league in the shortest fields for a quarterback. So I think Jim Schwartz will really do a, a, a good job in that regard. Now, I don't know if he has all the players that he wants because he obviously has his own style. Uh, but you've got a good guy and you've got a fun guy. A little strange at times, but I like Jim. I, I saw him. Uh, who was he with? Tennessee when they came in. Uh, was he with a, an advisor for Tennessee? Yeah, I yeah, think it yeah, was. Yeah. Last two years, yeah. I believe. Okay. So I saw him this year and talked uh, talked with him a, a little bit before the game. I like Jim, and I think he'll do a good job. And he's a little different, uh, but that's okay because obviously uh, different how? what the brand he's had. Uh, different in terms of the way he approaches – He'll do things on defense that some people – now, if the fans in Cleveland are anything like the fans in Philadelphia, they'll be bitching all the time. Uh, so, because he'll do it differently. He likes the wide nine at times. You know, all that all that stuff. It's about getting to the quarterback and putting pressure. And he'll find different ways uh, to do that. But he's got to have the personnel to do it too. But I like, I like Jim, and I like what he could – uh, what he should bring to the Browns defense, which, if that's the case, it's going to make them a better team. Howard, we're going to um, we're going to go on for a second. We're going to ask you to log out and then log back in. There's a little bit of audio difficulty that hopefully we can clean up. So if you would go ahead and hang up, dial back in, and while he does that, guys, I'll ask you. He he's talked about the stories that he told at the news conference. Yeah, you're right. He he does seem to be a fun guy. This was my takeaway from from the news conference. I and, I and I guess this should be the case because he's been a head coach, but I felt like I was watching a news conference to announce a new head coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was so authoritative. He was well, he's so been around for 20 yeah, years. And I just I mean, wonder. And he was he, a head coach. Right, I actually think but he that's really great. he really operates like a head coach. And I all I could think of in the moment was 
this is exactly who we need. Yeah. I want a guy Absolutely. that comes in with that swagger. He's just very confident in his delivery. He's very relaxed. I thought Kevin seemed to be genuinely thrilled to have him on the staff. And I, I believe, now I know that, you know, I, I joked in the t- group text the other day, I said Cle- the, the, Cleveland is the Indian word for eternal hope. It's like, you know, this right. is what we do. No matter who they name, we're going to find the good stuff and be like, hey, right, right. you know, this team could be going to the Super Bowl. Right. And I hate to fall into that trap, but I really think they did as well with this hire as they could have. I think they got the number one choice. And I wasn't sure that was going to happen going into the process because Kevin is on the hot seat. And you wonder who, if anyone would want to hitch their wagon to someone who could get blown out eight months, nine months, ten months from now. And the fact that they got their number one choice, and I do think he was their number one choice, that's that's a win. Now let's see what happens yeah, in August I like, September. I like the fact that he you know, talks in the press conference as if he's a head coach. Because like it or not, as we've talked about on this team, he's going to be the head coach of the defense. Yes. He's going to completely have uh, autonomy when it comes to the defense. You know, I, he mentioned Kevin Stefanski's the head coach, and he'll have say on some of the assistant coaches, but why would Kevin Stefanski get in his way? Right. Anybody he wants to hire, he's going to be able to hire. Let's bring Howard back in. Howard, I, I, I'm curious, when it comes to, to, to Jim Schwartz, you talked about him being different. You talked about being a nice guy. The complaint, one of the complaints a lot of us had with Joe Woods, the previous DC is that it felt like there was no energy. There was no hard ass at all. There was no fight. He seemed very passive and Kevin Stefanski's that kind of coach. He's not a rah, rah yeller is Jim Schwartz. The guy who's going to go to miles Garrett and get the, you know, really get the best out of him and be a bit of a, you know, an ass kicker or no. It's hard for in today's world because you don't want players to quit on you. That's true. So it's really kind of different. You can't you can't just you got to mm-hmm. jump on them but you got to be real selective when you do that. You really got to be selective when you do that. And and that's what you know, he'll get he'll get into them. I mean, Jim's a tough guy, but ultimately the player knows what he has to do and Jim tries to tell him and they got to buy into <laughs> what he wants to do. And if the, if if they buy in uh, he will be able to coach them up to be uh, a better defensive team. Miles Garrett should be a good player. I don't care who he plays for, sure. but uh, you got to get the other guys to play well, and you got to get pressure from the other guys. You got to have four down linemen. I'm trying to remember uh, the the defensive coordinator the Eagles have now. Jonathan Gannon doesn't like to blitz a lot, and he can get pressure from his four down linemen. Uh, I don't think I don't remember Jim blitzing a lot either. So right. people, the fans want, oh, you got to blitz, you got to blitz, you got to blitz. No, you don't have to blitz if you can get pressure yeah. other ways and put more people in coverage. And that's that's really what it comes down to. You want turnovers, and pressure creates turnovers, but it puts less people out in the secondary and in coverage, or whether it's a linebacker or a, a, a defensive back, puts less people out there uh, to get the turnovers, uh, but you want to get the pressure from the down four. And I, I, if I remember correctly, I think Jim tries to do that a lot. Yeah, too. no, you're right. The Browns have struggled. The Browns defensive tackles stink, or at least they have stunk. Maybe, maybe it's coaching and they'll be better. Uh, everywhere Jim Schwartz has been, including in Philadelphia, they he's always had excellent play from his defensive tackles. Is he been lucky and had those great players? Is it that he's brought the best out of them? Is it a combination of the two? What do you think? I think in Jim's case, it's a combination. He didn't always have the best players. The Eagles have probably the best group and depth-wise uh, of defensive linemen now than they've ever had uh, that I can – well, I shouldn't say yet. Yeah, maybe in a long time, even yeah. the Super Bowl year of 2017. But the reality is Jim can coach them up. They got to listen to them. If they listen to them, I think they'll be fine. Uh, and they'll, and the Browns will be better. They better be better because I don't want to see Kevin Stefanski lose his job. Right. So it really, and the quarterback's got to be better. So it's not just defense, but I think Jim will help in that regard uh, too. And I don't know if, and the good thing is, I don't know if Jim wants to be a head coach again. I'm not sure of that. Uh, when he was here with the Eagles, he kind of, there was a point, I think he wanted to be the head coach. And at times, I don't know if that was a comfortable situation for Doug Peterson. Mm. But I don't know that that 
really is his vision anymore. But we'll do a good job. And I think the Browns will be, if they're not better defensively, um, I'll buy everybody a cheesesteak. Pats or Geno's? Which one we got? Where are we going? Well, I like Geno's actually. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Adam, it doesn't look like you need a cheesesteak because although I think you've, since the last time I saw you, you've lost about three ounces. So that's now listen, good. I could always use a, a cheesesteak, Howard. I don't care. You know, I, I'm down. You want it, especially if it's free. If you're treating, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, free's our favorite. Hey, if it ain't that's for our favorite free, word. It ain't for me. That's right. that's right. If it ain't for free, it ain't for me. That's Remember right. that. Yes. Uh, is this Eagles team going to go all the way? They're going to beat the Giants. Because they play at home, I think they have a good chance to beat San, San Francisco. Could be tough. Uh, that defense really is what wins them games and gives them field position. And Purdy's done a nice job. I think they have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. City or Buffalo uh, are better, but that doesn't mean the best team. The Eagles were the underdogs uh, in the Super Bowl against Fritz and Bill Belichick. So, uh, and they won that game, too. Oh, you noticed that little reference there. Huh? Yeah, how can, <laughs> but, Howard, Howard, how can we miss it? What about, what? A, hey, we could very well have a Cavs-Sixers first-round series in the playoffs. What do, you, what do you think of that matchup? I'm not a fan of the Sixers in the playoffs. Uh, they Anybody that plays a little bit of defense can figure out what to do against the Sixers. I like the Cavs. Cavs done a nice job, a really nice job. I, in that, uh, the home court, I don't know that makes that much of a difference uh, because it didn't in this case the last how many years when they get knocked out in the second round. I wouldn't mind seeing that, and I would lean towards the Cavs. Uh, wow. I just, uh, I think James, I think Father Time has now come into the room with James Harden. I don't care what his numbers say. Uh, that's I'm not a James Harden fan be terrific player but he he cares about his points more than he cares about a lot of other things and i'm a little disappointed in that he's a really good player uh but this team just i don't think they're a championship team or a championship caliber team so but so i would i would lean towards the Cavs. Uh, it would good. be an interesting series but i would lean toward the Cavs. Hey, last you, thing before we get to go ahead. steve last thing i'll throw a baseball thing at you Obviously, the Phillies had that great run last year. My man Kyle Schwarber, one of my yeah. favorite players, was awesome for them. The division's tough as hell, though. The Mets obviously added a lot. The Braves are never out of it. Uh, the rest of the, the other two stink. But but I mean, it, it might be those might the Dodgers did nothing this offseason. I know the Padres did, but you could argue that the Phillies, Braves, and Mets might be the three best teams in the National League. How do you like their chances this season in the division? Uh, I still wouldn't sleep on the Dodgers, but uh, I think the Mets are the best team. The Phillies might be the second best team. You got to remember, and the Phillies did a lot. Dave Dombrowski did a lot to improve the Phillies team, yep. and they needed to improve because reality, if they didn't, they were fifteen and three against Washington and basically five hundred against the rest of uh, the rest of baseball. Yep. And that dope of a manager in St. Louis gave them that <laughs> first game, which gave them. He, what a dope. What a dope he is. Uh, how he mismanaged that game. I always contend that managers don't win games. They usually lose games, and he lost that game. But give the Phillies credit. After that, they picked up, you know, they they got on the horse, and they rode it right to the World Series. Houston was clearly the better team. Yep. But the Phillies have done a lot to improve. I like Schwarber, but I want to see, and I, I saw Rob Thompson yesterday. The Phillies may have had an availability. I went from the Eagles to the Phillies because they're kind of across the street here. And I asked him if Schwarber has lobbied to be the leadoff hitter uh, yet because Trey Turner is here. <laughs> yeah. He says, no, he hasn't said anything. He's a, he's a team guy. Uh, Schwarber, as, as the, because the manager is a Canadian guy, it's always hockey references. So Schwarbs, as he likes to call him, is a team guy. Well, I think he wants to. I think he wants to lead off. I mean, he, he's not going to hit 46 home runs again. The only problem, and this analytics is screwed up baseball. How can you have a leadoff hitter that hits 218? I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I you know, hit home runs and he walks. I don't care. The leadoff hitter. You know, I don't want a walk doesn't drive in a run unless the bases are loaded. And all this nonsense with the rules, 
leave the shift in. If you guys are, are are talented enough. Hit it the other way. Yeah, that's. What I mean, I've hit it said. where they, as the old saying in baseball, hit it where they ain't. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. That's a lot. You know, the margin, the bases. Uh, it's just you know. Here's my idea for baseball. If they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, slop it up with all this nonsense, why don't you put a clown's mouth in the outfield in the stands? I love. And it. if you hit the ball with a home run through the clown's mouth, you get two runs rather than one. <laughs> why don't they do that? Just if it's gonna be a clown show, around. go all in. I see what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> Howard Eskin, it's always fun Wait, to talk we gotta to you. We gotta ask yes. about Steve oh, yeah, we got to ask about Steve Becker. Your, your once upon a time high school intern is now our executive producer. How the hell did that happen? Uh, you, you know what? You know, hey, listen, a broken clock's right twice a day. So remember <laughs> that. Uh, you know, this is what I'll say about Steve. On a good note, uh, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for Steve. Uh, because, you know, my station, which is WIP on radio, it's Fox here in Philadelphia on TV, but uh, they don't like me to do stuff for stuff, for things out of the company. But I said to hell with that because uh, I, I respect the guy that works hard and I've had a lot of interns that have moved forward and, and made success out of uh, the, the business that they want to be in. They've been successful. And Steven was a hard worker, a good kid, I guess he's not a kid anymore, but I wonder, is he still a dope? Is he still a no. dope or is he? No, he's left that, he's left that trait on the, on the side, but he's very, he's a hard worker. He's a hard worker. I can, that, that clip's going to lead our best of 2023. Oh my God. Oh my Steve, Thank are you, you still a dope? Now, did you call him dope when he was your intern? Uh, uh, you know, I let it go because I didn't want to shatter his uh, but I can call him a dope now because at least he's got a job in the business. So that's good. But no, I, I really, I like Steven and he is a hard worker. You know, I guess eh, maybe 50% of the time he's a dope, but that's all right. It's, that's, he just fits in with the fans of Philadelphia. That's all. I mean, it's all, it's all good. Howard, great catching up with you. Appreciate it. See. You. Okay. When you see me on the game on Sunday. Dope, so. What's that? What's that, Howard? <laughs> Well, Sunday you'll see me in a suit, so I All won't right, disappoint you, you. All right, I I, I had no doubt that we would. <laughs> or Saturday from, from the games from on Saturday. Yes, WIP in Philadelphia. You'll probably still be in a suit on Sunday. Uh, Howard, thanks. Out. We appreciate it. So now we've got a new nickname you for Steve. You guys have a great day. Yes, you too. Yeah. You... So McNuggets has a nickname. Yeah. Uh, now now Steve has a nickname. Yeah, so we got we'll McNuggets and Dopey. I don't think we should use that. I don't that know if I'm comfortable calling my boss dope. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> Steve did say, though, if you guys check your phones in the group chat, he said he did call me dope in, uh, as an yeah. intern. So. Well, the one thing that we've learned with Howard Eskin, if you didn't already know it, and this is yeah. why I always liked when he would come on to ESPN, he was so strongly opinionated that Skip didn't like working with him because he he, he had the hot takes. And yeah. sometimes he is could he Philly Skip? What's that? Is he Philly Skip? He's absolutely Philly yeah, Skip. One thousand percent. He's Philly Skip. Stephen A. Does that make Bull all wrapped Cleveland into one? Skip? No. I don't know that Bull wants to be, nor should he, he no, want he to doesn't. be I'm Cleveland just saying, Skip. No, I, I wouldn't say it does. Heavy opinionated. No. And what I loved about Howard was yeah. he had really strong opinions, and he wasn't afraid to to dole them out. As and everybody should be on radio. Even if it meant calling someone a dope yeah. when they're a dope. People are scared. People, a lot of radio people are scared to hurt feelings. And he's never, be. he's never been afraid to do that. No, so, no, no. and we appreciate his insight on Howard Eskin. And what, what I want to do before we move on to, because we're going to talk um, NFL stuff, um, the playoff weekend and everything coming up. But before we do, I'd like to get it back to Jim Schwartz and the news conference. Do you want to do your read here before we do that? Yeah, because now we are officially talking all Browns for the next little bit. And when we do talk all Browns, it's sponsored. By Cuyahoga Community College, Tri-C supports their students financially, professionally, personally, opening up the doors to endless possibilities. Tri-C is where the future starts, and it's already begun. You still have time to join. You have till tomorrow to register. Tomorrow, Friday, last day to register for classes this semester. Tri-C, Cuyahoga Community College. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's where it's at. I feel like I know some people do say Cuyahoga, but I feel like we're now like, remember when when Tyrod Taylor came here and then all of a sudden was like his mother said his real name's Tyrod. Yeah. And then people had to like call him Tyrod and it was awkward because we've been calling him Tyrod for like 10 years. His name is Tyrod. No, I know that. But like, why didn't he correct us when he was a rookie? Why did he wait like 10 years into his career? No one asked him. Remember when Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden wanted to be called Mitchell? Mitchell. Yeah, no. And it's like, no, we're already locked in on Mitch. I'm already (laughs) locked in on Cuyahoga. It may be Cuyahoga is the correct pronunciation, but I'm locked in. How did I say that? I'm pot committed. Did I do it right today, Bull? I'm, I'm no, so you far said in Kai my Kai own Hoga. head. You said Cuyahoga, didn't you? Haga, you said Haga. Yeah, you I'm said... so far in my own head that yeah, you I don't know what I'm going to say. It just <laughs> oh, by the way, an update, because we were talking yeah. about James Earl Jones, and the, yes. he voiced this yes. documentary about the river. So um, I actually reached out to um, uh, Caliendo. A, a, I think the best impersonation sure. guy on the planet, Frank Caliendo. And I'll, yeah, you read your text to him yesterday. I, I was afraid that this would be, he said, man, he's tough to do. Yeah. And he says, it's hard to do because it's a smooth, deep voice. That's a hard And I don't yeah. have it. Yeah. I imagine if, hell, if you had it, you could go make I his mean, minimum fee is $2 million. There's got to be, I, doing an impression of James Earl Jones has got to be near impossible. I mean, I would take Frank Caliendo doing Morgan Freeman for the show. Well, he does Morgan Freeman. He does as, spot I mean, on. When he does Morgan Freeman, you think you're listening to Morgan Absolutely. Freeman. Most of his impressions, you think you're listening so to that It's his birthday today, Jay. So Do you know good. that? It's Frank's birthday? Yeah, you should wish him a happy birthday. Well, I will wish him a happy birthday. I still think we'd want him on the show. Yes. His, wife, yes. his wife is from here. Yes. That's oh, really? not a question. Yeah. Okay, good. James Earl Jones, Morgan Freeman, whoever. We just take Frank as Frank. We'd love yeah, to absolutely. He married a local girl. He okay. had a house in Avon Lake. I don't know if he still uh, does. I didn't know that. Yeah, local guy. Getting back of. to Jim Schwartz, though. Real quick, can I make one yeah. Avon Lake joke? Caliendo so. couldn't afford Sugar Falls. <laughs> I mean, Avon Lake was is for, a really nice was, neighborhood. It was like his fourth home. It wasn't his. his February 8th. You can Avon. see all the rest of my jokes on stand up at Hilarious. <laughs> That's the official date. We'll send uh, it Oh, is it? Pretty soon. I, we got a date you. now? February 8th? Yeah. February 8th. We need to plug that a little bit more. Well, Polk told me by the end of the week we'll have a link for tickets. We okay. submitted yesterday the poster, the description, the name of the show. It is in works. February 8th is locked in. And it's – where is it? Hilarities? Hilarities yeah. on East 4th. Okay, so we need to start a campaign like hashtag pack hilarities. Or so I want that place abs- – standing room. Standing room only, and we're also you donating have- all the ticket proceeds to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. Nice. So well, there you go. So awesome. you get a good show, you- and you help feed the, the, the hungry. Are you uh, – are, are friends of yours flying in from out of town? I don't know if they're f- – that's TBD. But that place will be packed. I know Anthony has friends flying up for his performance. It's, it, yeah. What is it, a Wednesday? The Wednesday night, yeah. See, that's tough, man, because if I someone's going to come in from out of town, it needs to be a Friday. I know. It, it's not ideal. Yeah, but, but they're they not giving us hilarities. They're not giving us hilarities on, they're they're hilarities on, a, on a weekend. <laughs> so it was the best we could do. They got real comedians I hope Mike's friends that we taped the segment with that will never see the light of day, I hope they come in. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do too. <laughs> the most awkward segment. Thank Eli God will not be here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we, we'll, we'll we didn't even see him. We just saw his nose, basically. His ear. His ear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so more, Jim more reaction on the Schwartz yeah, yeah, news yeah. conference. I, as I was saying before, before we brought Howard asking back, I, I, you know, listen, winning press conferences is stupid. We've yeah, been it doesn't matter. Times. It's completely it, meaningless. Yeah. We've we done that a lot. excited. A lot of fans are like, they're going to be a top five defense. Now. We all hope that they are. We are and Nick's right. For, I want to know what the three losses were in the press. The, I, I think it was the Joe Banner press conference was one of the three Ray losses. Farmer with the towel. Ray Farmer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but remember the three Stooges? Yeah. Who asked that question? Was that Dan DeRose? Yeah, or somebody Dan from Channel 19. Yeah. Dan DeRose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, like, yeah, Jim Schwartz, as you said, he comes off as a head coach because he's been a coach for a long time. I do think what Howard Eskin said was very interesting, that it was maybe a little bit of an issue in Philly because Jim Schwartz still wanted to be a head coach, and he thinks that at this point that ship has sailed for him. He's 56. It probably has yeah. sailed yeah. for him. The trend exactly. of the league well, I mean, is younger. But at the same time, we also have to, just not too long ago, a Super Bowl winning coach retired. Um, well, he came back in Tampa Bay and yeah. won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. And and how old was he? 
over. He was in his 60s. Who Gruden you talking about? No, 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 oh. no. Not the, the, Bruce Arians. Uh, Bruce Arians. Oh, right. I sure. Mean, everybody thought, well, I guess he's never going to get his, you know. Yeah. And then when he retired he's in Arizona, 70. he came back. The difference is that Bruce Arians had never been a head coach before. No, he was in Arizona. Oh, in Arizona. Oh, yeah, good point. So, I mean, but it, it, it could, could happen. happen. Sure. I, I, yeah, I, I hate to close the door on it. I'm sure Jim hasn't either. Yeah. Look, if Jim's defense next year is a top five He'll and they candidate. go 14, you know, 13 and four, some team's going to say, hey, he's Maybe. got he's yeah. 57. He was Let's a candidate go. here in 2020 when they hired he Kevin. Was. He, was on the, he was on the list of candidates. I, I, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't rule out the fact that he might be a head coach again. Right. But I, you just hope that's not an issue because he said it might have been a little bit of an issue in yeah. Philadelphia. Well, remember, he was six years younger then, too. Yeah. Yes. He, he won a Super Bowl in Philly as defensive coordinator. I think he's very well liked there. He's beloved in Tennessee. He's been in Tennessee. Yeah. He was a, he was a stint prior as a DC there before he was there this. like ten uh, years. Yeah, and and he would they sort of hit him because of their DC now and the optics they didn't want you know yeah. look like he was encroaching on the guy, so he wasn't out for practices very much from the sounds of things. He didn't do a lot of but he had coaching, input. But of course he had input. But my point is like how often are the coordinators known and liked in cities? Most of the time you want them fired. Most of the time you hate them. Right, that's why they're gone. Yeah, yeah. You, you and put, yeah. and well as soon as you get to the point where you love them, so does everybody else, and right. they're gone. And they're gone. Right, right, right. But there's yeah. two cities that I know of that really liked him and thought he did a nice job, and then obviously Detroit, he took the Lions to the playoffs, something that <laughs> doesn't happen very often. No. So there is reason to like him, but they also had bad years. Like, yeah. you know, his last year in Philly was not good, and he was fighting no. health issues. And, That's you know, true. And they were other. an older team by that point. Yeah. So gonna, but the one thing that you – listen, you never know when you hire a guy, whether he has a ton of experience or no experience, you never know for sure if it's going to work out. Ever. Right. Different teams, different circumstances. You have a coach in one spot, he's a genius. Another spot, he's an idiot. You yeah, know, have seen it a lot. Whatever. However, what, what in general, the Browns have not hired a ton of guys with this much experience. No, it's right? not. I it's mean, whether it's head coach their... or coordinator or anything. They Jason, had great... I can't think of another one. Well, they had Greg Williams, who had a lot of Greg experience. Had a lot of experience. Greg, was Greg with New Orleans when they won the Super Bowl? He was Bounty Gate. Was he? I would imagine he was. I, I don't remember for sure. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know either. But he I mean, this is this is well, as yes. polished a, of a coordinator that right. as we brought in, maybe since Greg Williams. Obviously, and, Hugh Jackson had a ton of experience, not as yeah. a head coach, but he had right. a ton of experience as a coordinator. coordinator. But just in general, most of the head coaches and coordinators that have been here in the last 10, 15 years have been low experience guys. Yeah, Very guys. green. Yeah. yeah. He told a story during the news conference yesterday about Malcolm Jenkins, who I think is everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think was really positive that I took away was there. he talked about a play where Malcolm made the play, but he was out of position. He didn't do what he was supposed to do on that play. And it was an end-of-game play, and everyone looked at him as the hero. Um, but Schwartz had pulled him aside and you know after the game and said, look, you made the play. Congratulations. We won the game. However, I'm going to undress you in film breakdown tomorrow because you didn't do what you had to do. And Malcolm Jenkins said what you would want your super superstar to say. Coach, you do whatever you have to do. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I want to get better. And, and that to me, I, Miles Garrett is not, you know, I, we, we tend to think he's in the right place all the time. Miles makes mistakes. Miles has probably made mistakes that have really hurt the oh, team at absolutely. times. Absolutely. Of course. Just the offside. Now we have someone who's going to say to Miles to help him get better, not don't worry about it, big guy. You're you're an all-pro. That's going to happen. No. He's going to use you as an example to show everybody else on the team we have a standard. The standard is every guy pulling their part of the rope on every play. And on this particular play, Miles did not. I, I think an important part of what you said there, though, is – that he told Malcolm Jenkins yes. that he was going to rip him essentially yeah, yeah. before he did it. Because I think if you're Miles Garrett and all of a sudden, like, everybody's been kissing you've your ass. You've earned that. You've earned, like, hey, Miles, you're awesome, but you screwed that play up yeah. and we're talking about I'm going to help. I'm going to make the whole team better by yeah. showing that because you Because the made whole rest too. of the team is like, man, if he's you aren't critical kidding. of Miles, yeah. then wow. And I think we've talked about this on yeah. the show multiple times. Miles is a phenomenal player. There's more in there that they haven't got. There is. There's, absolutely there's one there's, more level. And you know what? There's games where he disappears. And, and he might make one big play at the end of two. But there's. And some of it is that he's got no help on the D-line. Some of it there's is. There's no doubt there is. Some of it is. It just feels like he's not making the but impact. you know, the last two years, you really couldn't make that argument. Because when you've got another bookend like Clowney, it's not like you have no help up front. There's another guy that you have to 
pay attention to. And I think to your point, and we keep showing the resume of Schwartz, and the, and they're all interior defensive linemen, but the guys that have had unbelievable success. If Schwartz can do just this one thing, and that's unlock the next level to Miles Garrett, which I think everybody agrees is out there. It's in there. It, yeah. There is something more to Miles Garrett that we have not seen yet. If yeah. Jim Schwartz can get him to the next level, by proxy, the entire defense becomes better, right. and he's done his job. Yeah, and remember, like, it's, a, it's not like we're really being critical of Miles Garrett. The, the, the next level is the last level. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of yeah. guys that can't possibly get to that level. I had, sure. He I is he's a already his career is a at worst a borderline Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Like yeah. but he could get to the no-brainer Hall of Fame yeah. level. I yeah. don't want I don't want to take everything back to LeBron, but I had a really interesting conversation with him his last year here where I said like there's a difference in Hall of Fame and greatest of all time and it's it's this. Yeah. And you know it when you see it. And Miles will be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not the greatest of all time. He's not. No. He's not no. in that conversation. No. Because of this. It's yes. this. Yes. And you know it when you see it. And that's where he has to get to. That's what if he, has he to comes get. out next year and has 20 sacks and is a real disruptor, making plays throughout games, not you know, not disappearing for three quarters right, and then right, making right. one big play at the end. But what we, when we watched, I, I talked about him early this season about uh, uh, Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. He, I think, has taken that step to where. It's almost like clockwork. When there's a big play to be made, there he He's is. He's going to make it. Yeah. And, and, and T.J. Watt has yep. become that yep. guy. And clearly, Aaron Donald did it in the biggest game of all. Right. I want to see Miles Garrett be that guy, not just one game a season, but like every time we're close and late, this guy is getting free and making a strip sack. He or he's you know, the, doing something. The last level is the... the if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.